0: This anointed teaching by Dr. Beverly Vollmerins comes to you from Christian Family Church International. Praise the Lord. Well, good evening, everybody. Good evening, family. This is a day the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and we're going to be glad and it tonight in Jesus' name. Father, in your presence we come, dear sir, to praise and to worship and adore you. We thank you, Father, for the signs, and wonders, and miracles, the healings that happen tonight. We give you all the praise and the glory. We thank you for giving us a precious Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you'll rise up big within me tonight, that you'll think through my mind and speak through my lips of clay. And Father, I declare that I'm a servant ready to be used by the Master. I thank you that I will declare your word fearlessly and boldly and accurately carried by the wind of the Spirit, that fear will be dispelled, but faith will rise up in the heart of your people. Thank you for fresh revelation, and Father, thank you that your people will be encouraged, motivated, and exhorted, Father, to hold on to their dreams that you have put in their hearts. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen, and you may be seated. I'd like a little more monitor, thanks, for me. Praise the Lord. Hold on to your dreams. How many of you remember Susan Boyle? She had a dream inside of her. She wanted to be a professional singer. And at the age of 47, she went to British and Britain's Got Talent, and she entered. She didn't look the part, for sure. She never dressed the part, but when she opened her mouth, she was a star, and everyone knew it. Oscar Hamel, Hammerstein says this, If you don't have a dream, how are you going to make a dream come true? So life without vision goes nowhere. All of us are born of the deep desire inside of us, in our heart, a seed, a dream, a promise of something greater. We all want to discover our destiny and our purpose in life. But because of challenges and how life goes, some of many people, their dreams begin to fizzle. And very often their dreams that they had, that they wanted to aspire to, become nightmares. They didn't get that dream job and their dream marriage became a nightmare. And their dream kids actually became so rebellious. And their dream ministry became a burden. Dream relationships ended on the rocks. So perhaps through disappointments and challenges, perhaps your dreams have died. But I'm here to tell you with God's help, He wants you to pick up your dreams again and believe Him that your dreams will come to pass in Jesus' name. Maybe today you're wondering why, what went wrong in your life, especially when there's so many Bible promises about God wanting to fulfill our dreams the dreams that God has given us. We read where Jesus says in John 14:13, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Matthew 7:7 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. We believe those scriptures, right family? If those promises are true tonight, then why aren't our dreams coming to pass? Why do they take so long? Well, I want to share with you tonight about a man, one of my favorite men in the Bible, actually. His name is Caleb. Caleb understood how it felt to spend a whole lifetime. It felt like waiting for his dream to come to pass. In fact, he waited 40 years for his dream to come to pass. Caleb had to wait until he was 85 years of age to destroy the giants and conquer the land. If we look in Numbers uh, chapter 13, it's the second year of Exodus from Egypt. And the children of Israel were now at the border separating the wilderness from the promised land. And Moses, as we know, he sent 12 men to go and spy out the land of Canaan. And of course, one of those men was Caleb. Caleb was from the leader of the tribe of Judah, which means praise. So he must have been a man of praise. All 12 of the leaders were so excited. They were sent out to be undercover cops, undercover spies. They were going to spy out the land, which was their inheritance. The land of their fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were going to spy out the land. Their job was to go and get some samples of the fruit and vegetables and bring them back. Now, as Moses had laid out his plans, excitement went through the camp like an electric current. And for the next 40 days, Caleb and the 11 spies went deep undercover. What Caleb saw changed his life forever. The moment he set his eyes on the hills of Hebron, his heart, I believe, must have just been pounding in his chest. He had never seen such a beautiful place in his whole life. He had a vision of his future. And we, family, must always focus our vision on our future and not on our past. And I want to ask you today, what are you fixing your eyes on? if you're single do you see yourself married do you see that amazing godly man in your life if you're married do you see yourself happily ever after if you're college bible college do you see yourself graduating amen and if you're at college do you see yourself graduating if you're in debt can you see yourself out of debt can you visualize yourself going up in the company? Can you visualize yourself actually maybe being the boss of the company? Can you visualize yourself having your own uh, company in fact? How many of you are believing for a child? Can you see yourself holding a baby in your arms? If you're married? although there were giants in the land, Caleb. He could imagine himself living in it and raising up his family. A dream cannot be just a good idea that is given to you by some consultants or your family or a committee or your friends. A dream must be born from the Spirit of God. A good idea will come to pass perhaps, but a God idea will always come to pass. We have to have a God dream in our life. We've got to hold on to the dream that God has given us. we have got to visualize that dream. We're going to imagine that dream. We're going to live in that dream. We've got to lock our mind into that dream. And when we do, we'll be passionate about the dream forever until Jesus comes. The vision, the definition of a dream, I believe, is just vision. Because without vision, we perish. We must have a God-given dream inside our hearts, something to look forward to. The Bible tells us that young men shall see visions and old men shall dream dreams. So dreams and visions, family, are the language of the Holy Spirit. Keep our visions and our dreams in front of us. Let us cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Let's, let, us, let Him lead us in our lives. That's why it's so important to pray in other tongues. I want us to notice something, family, about our dreams. Caleb didn't go looking for his dream. His dream found him. Caleb was not taught to dream, but the dream found him. You see, the best dreams in our lives is the one that God gives us, not the one that we're searching for. That's why it's important that we spend time in prayer and pray in the Holy Spirit. When the God idea comes and the God dream comes to us, we will know it is from Him. We'll have overwhelming desire and passion to fulfill that dream. I know when Apostle here and I, we got a dream and a desire in our heart to start a church. There was nothing that could stop us or hinder us. We were going to fulfill the will of God for our lives. And it's the same with you, family. When you get the God-given dream in your heart, in your passion, no devil of hell can stop you. No devil of hell can come against you. You will fulfill that dream that God has put inside your heart. Praise the Lord. And you know, there are some dreams, fam, that we get are good and that are bad. Some of the the bad dreams will take us away from Christ, take us out of church. But the good dreams will always be to help other people and bring us closer to the Lord. Jesus says, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And yet he loses his own soul. So good dreams from God will bring us closer to God, but bad dreams will take us away from God. I've met many people who had a a desire to do something and it wasn't the will of God and they lost everything. They lost their family, they lost their marriage, they lost their children, they lost their finances, they lost their health. And what was the purpose? Is it worth it? Absolutely not. As Apostle Theo says, make sure that our ladder is on the right wall, right? So how do we know if our dreams are a good one? Well, I'm going to share three keys with us tonight. Number one, a good dream fits with the will of God. A good dream fits with God's will. Caleb's dream fitted with God's will. From the, from the very beginning, God made it abundantly clear that He wanted His people to possess Canaan. Numbers 13:1 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men... To spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving them. He didn't say I'm thinking about it. Maybe I'll give them the land. No, he was definite. He was, it was this way and the other way. This is what I'm giving them. He said, I'm giving that land to the children of Israel. Family, it makes a world of difference to know that beyond a shadow of doubt that God is on our side. It doesn't matter how passionate we are. If God doesn't approve our dream, what does it matter? If I want to be a doctor, a lawyer, an actor, a model. If I want to be an engineer, it doesn't matter how passionate I am if it's not the will of God for my life. If God doesn't approve of our dream family, we are in serious trouble. We often quote, Romans 8.31, if God be for us, then who can be against us? And we love that scripture. But have you ever thought of the opposite? If God is not for us, what difference does it make who is for us? If God is not for us, what difference does it make who is for us? It doesn't matter if we've got hundreds of advisors and bankers and loans and investors. If God is not with us, nothing we do will succeed. So our dream must fit in with the will of God for our lives. Number two, a good dream must fit with our talent family. (laughs) Caleb's dream fitted with his talent. Why do you think that it was Joshua who was chosen to succeed Moses and not Caleb? Both were faithful, both were committed, both were loyal. So why do you think Joshua was selected? In Deuteronomy 34:9 it says, Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and, de- and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. So Joshua was a man who was full of wisdom, He loved to pray, he loved to worship, he loved to sit patiently at the feet of Moses, learning from Moses. So he learned about strategy, he learned about how to be a leader over a nation, and people saw that. Now Caleb, he's a man of action. That's why I say Apostle Theos is um, Joshua, and I like to be Caleb. Caleb was a man of action. His Dream fitted with his talent. Taking the hills of Hebron was not going to be done through gentle diplomacy or negotiation. No, it needed a battlefield. It needs someone who was an action man. And Caleb was that man, a man of courage, a man of faith, fearless. That was Caleb. To see a a fulfillment of a lifelong dream, we must be more than a dreamer. We have to be a doer. That's why the word says, don't only hear the word, but do the word. Because if we just hear the word and don't do the word, we won't have any good success. So we have to be doers and, and winning tough battles. And Caleb was that man. Have you ever evaluated your dream in the light of your talent? There are some things in life, family, we'll never be able to do, right? I wish we could do everything, but we are not able to do everything or gifted to do everything. For example, if you're tone deaf, you're never going to be a singer. <laughs> Even when we started the ministry and Apostle Theo told me to lead the praise of worship. I am tone deaf. I don't know A, B, C, D, E, except in the alphabet. I do not know it, but I made a joyful noise, but it did not fit with my talent. In those days, and and some of the band members who were with us, they used to put me off. They put my sound down because I was so squeaky and so terrible, and I knew they were doing it. (laughs) Susan Boyle's dream lined up with her talent. She might not look the part, but when that woman opened her mouth, she was a star. If we have two left feet, we're not going to be a dancer. No matter how much training we have, if we don't like the sight of blood, we're not going to be a surgeon or a nurse. God's blessing is always going to match the gifts that He's given to us. He's not going to bless us to achieve a dream that He's not gifted us for. Romans 12:6 says, we have different gifts according to the grace each, given to each of us. So God wants us to do things well. He wants us to do things with excellence, and He has gifted each and every one of us with certain gifts, and He wants us to succeed. So family, let's not worry about our weaknesses, but let's build on our strengths. Instead of being good at something, come on, family, why don't we be great at something? We can go from good to great. If we work hard, we can reach our highest potential in the area of our gifting. We will move forward ahead of people who are equally talented, but not as committed as us. You see, we have to build on our gifts. There's a gentleman by the name of Malcolm Gladwell. He has a book called Outliers. It's a very good one. If you want to read it, you're welcome to. He says this, it is not always true that the best and the brightest will always reach the top. Gladwell says in his studies over the year that defined success is talent plus hard work. In his expert studies of successful people, he's come to the conclusion that the main ingredient for success is not only talent, but we have to have a majority of the mix of talent and hard work. Edison says that success is once inspiration and 99% perspiration. Gladwell talks about the 10,000-hour rule. His basic thesis is if you want to be successful at anything, you've got to do it for 10,000 hours, faithfully and religiously. Then you'll be an expert in your field. In 1990, a study was conducted by a psychologist at the Berlin Academy of Music. This is the elite school of music in Europe. The study showed that by the age of 20, those who became world-class violinists had at least 10,000 hours of practice. But those who were just good, they merely good, they had 8,000 hours of practice. And then they said music teachers had 4000 hours of practice. So we got to buckle up, find our dream that's from the Lord and let's work hard and we're going to go to the top. And number three, a good dream always fits with people's needs. In other words, we are always going to be a solution to people round about us. We know that Caleb, he fitted in with Israel's need. It benefited the whole entire nation. Your dream that God has given you is going to benefit people around you. In the, uh, there were giants in the land known as Anakin, just like Star Wars. Actually, a lot of their terminology does come from the Bible. But from all the people among them, Caleb was ready to destroy the giants. So you see his dream fitted in with the needs of the people. They wanted to get rid of the giants and they needed a man and Caleb was that man. We see in Numbers 13, 27, they gave Moses this account. Those are the 12 spies that went in. Oh, we went into the land which you sent us. Yes, it does. It fl- fl- flows with milk and honey and here's the fruit. But the people who live there, they're powerful. The cities are fortified and very large. And we saw, even saw the descendants of Anak there. The Alamakites live there. And, in the, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and every type, like Pastor says, and the Hittites and the Wishatites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and every type that you can think of, they're huge. They're huge. And Caleb, there's only one guy, Caleb. Caleb says, shush, to la, keep quiet. Keep quiet, you negative lot. Keep quiet, you people who have got no faith. Hold your back to (laughs) la. He said, we should go up actually, and we can do this. So I tell you, family, when people say you can't do that, remember Caleb. Actually, we can do it. We can go into the land, we can drive out all the giants. We will have good success in our life. Because if God is for us, then who can be against us? We are more than conquerors. We rule and reign in this life by Christ Jesus. Glory to God. Don't forget who you are, family. Oh, but the men who had gone up with him, oh, we're not able. <laughs> We can't have you. They're stronger than us. Oh, you wimp. Ha! <laughs> huh. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. How many people are you hanging around that just talk negative? Bad report. The land through which we have gone as a spies is a land that devours its inhabitants, all the people we saw there, the men of great stature, they're massive, (laughs) they are massive. They must be on steroids, they are huge. (laughs) Then they saw the giants. And I'm telling you, we were so tiny, tiny in our own sight. So the ten spies, they came back stricken with fear, and fear always produces a negative attitude. They focused only on the problems and not on the promises. They focused on the problems and they did not look to the promises and the word of God. When you hang around with people who only focus on the problems, you're going to become like that negative. And remember, when you only focus on the problems and you become negative and full of fear, panic sets in. let's not forget these are all the leaders. Are they not just, um, they're just not brand new Christians. These are the leaders. And these are the the leaders that saw God part the Red Sea. They They felt the warmth of the fire by night. They enjoyed the cool of the cloud by day. They ate supernatural food, supernatural food. They saw supernatural miracles in the morning and in the evening. But they took their eyes off God. Precious family, let us not take our eyes off God and His Word. They took their eyes off the Word of God and they got into fear and they got into panic. So when we get into fear, when we get into panic, we will lose our faith. We will lose our joy. They end up whining, defeated attitudes, we can't, it's too hard, we are inadequate, it's impossible, we don't have the ability, we are too frightened. So they lost their dream. When we only hear the negative, focus on the negative, and not on God's promises, Satan will come and steal our dreams from us. They lost the dreams of God's provision for them because their fear paralyzed their faith. Let us not allow fear to paralyze our faith. Let us not concentrate on our problems, family. Let's not only concentrate on all the negative things that are going around about us, but let's get hold of the Word of God. Hold on to that Word. Speak the Word. Believe the Word, and it will come to pass because heaven and earth will pass away, but the Word of God will With God, all things are possible. With God, your dreams are possible. With God, your dreams are possible. They are welcome to pass in Jesus' name. Hold on to the word of God. So God said to them, because you've been so negative, you've taken your eyes off me and onto the problems, you're going to wander around in the desert for 40 years, one year for each of the 40 days you explored in the land. The Israelites' fear cost them their dreams. So Caleb now had to wait another 40 years for his dream to come to pass. I want to have a look at a moment Caleb's attitude. He could have grumbled. I mean, I think I would have wanted to slay my own brothers. Thank you, Jesus. I'm so merciful. But he said, he could have said, it's their fault. Now I have to wait so long for my dream to come to pass. I wonder if he went down that road, would he have forfeited the dream that God has put in his heart? But you know, family, he wasn't negative like the rest of them. He didn't become bitter, hard, jaded. He didn't backslide when things got tough. He faithfully served the Lord even though when it wasn't his fault and his brothers were negative. His brothers caused him to wait 40 years for his dream to come to pass. Incredible. What a man of faith. Sometimes family takes time for a dream to come to pass. David waited 15 years. We know that Joseph was a dreamer too. We know the story how in Genesis 37, Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers. But they hated him even the more. One day Joseph's father said, go and see how your brothers are doing. But when they, saw David, that when they saw Joseph coming, they conspired to kill the dreamer, their own brother. They said to one another, look, the dreamer is coming. That's our brother. Come on, let's kill him. What kind of brothers are these? Let's just tell our father that a lion from the National Park just ate our brother. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? Not everyone will be thrilled or excited about the dreams that God puts in our heart. So I want to caution you tonight, don't share your dream with everybody when God has put something in your heart. So Joseph's brothers caught him. We know this story. They stripped him. They threw him in the pit. The, the, the Israelite traders came along, and then the brothers sold him to the traders. Then he, went to, uh, he was sold to in Egypt to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh and the captain of the guard. All these adverse things were happening to Joseph. Yet, all this time, family, every negative thing that came against him that wasn't his own doing, or his own fault. But look, family, kept his heart pure before the Lord. When he before he was sold, God already showed him a vision of the future. God already imprinted in his heart scenes that would take place sometime in his life. And those several dreams. In those dreams, God gave Joseph a clear-cut vision. Family, when God has given us a clear cut vision of what he wants us to do, it doesn't matter who comes against us. It doesn't matter who wants to stop us. It doesn't matter who wants to throw us aside. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. If we hold on to the dream that God has put in our heart, if we hold on to what God has said to us, it will come to pass because man cannot stop us. God can move man out of a way. He can take us out of the pits and he can put us in the Palace, and that's exactly what happened to Joseph. We know that he went from the the pit, and he went into the palace, even though part of his wife saw this big muscle guy, and she's ooh, he is so fine, and here she. I mean, where do you find the girls running off the gaster? Actually, they do, but nevertheless. Even though she ran after him, even though he said, no, I'm keeping my heart pure before the Lord. Do you know what happened? They put him in jail. And in jail, even though it wasn't his fault, the Word of God says that God was with him. Listen, family, God will be with you in every circumstance. It doesn't matter if they put you in jail. God will raise you up because God is a God of the impossible. God is a miraculous God. It doesn't matter what people will do to you. Hold fast the confession your faith and be faithful to the Lord. There are four things I want to tell you about your dream. Number one, don't be in a hurry. An acorn seed will produce one day a huge tree, but it takes time. So don't be in a hurry. God is busy working in you and through you, so don't be in a hurry. Number two, be persistent. In other words, don't give up. Be determined. Your dreams are worthwhile and learn to enjoy the journey. Number three, it doesn't matter how bad it looks because God is with you just like He was with Joseph. And listen, number four, don't worry about your age. Don't worry about your age. You know a lot of people are saying to Pastor N.R. when you're going to hang up your gloves because we fight the good. You know what? We are just refiring. We are not retiring. We are going to be like Caleb when we're 85. We're taking a mountain. Glory to God. And so we're going to fast forward to Joshua 14. And 40 years later, and now Caleb's looking back at what happened and he says in Joshua 14, I was 40 years old when Moses the servant of the Lord sent me out to look at the the land. But my brothers who went with me frightened the people. But look what it says. But for me, I serve the Lord with my whole heart. How many of us are serving the Lord with our whole heart tonight? I want to see your hands serving the Lord with your whole heart. And he says, Moses made me a promise. And today I'm 85. How many 85s do we have in the house? If you're under 85, wave your hand. If you're 85, under 85, wave your hand. I want you to know if Caleb can do it, we can do it. In verse 11, he says, I'm strong now as I was when Moses sent me on that journey. I can still travel. I can still fight. Family, I'm telling you, be fit and healthy is spiritual. To be fit and healthy is spiritual. It's a spiritual thing. So he says, so give me the hill country that the Lord has promised me. And he said, if the Lord is with me, I'm going to drive out those giants out the land just as the Lord said. Family, we've got to hold on to the word of God just as the Lord has said. He has said it in his word. He will hold on to the word. God is not a liar that he should lie. Man might lie, but God's word will never lie. Glory to God. And the Bible tells us that, that Caleb drove out three groups of the Anakites. Caleb thro- drove out three giant families. Can you imagine, 85 year old man, he took on the sons of the giants and he drove them out, 85 years of age. David killed one giant, but Caleb drove out three families of the giant. Glory to God. your dream is up. Don't think for one moment your time is up. No, family, you're leading the way. I believe the best years are ahead of you and not behind you. I believe God has put greatness inside of you. The greatest miracles in your life is ahead or behind you. Your dream is worth a fight. And family, if Joseph could endure, if Caleb could endure, then you and I, we will endure, we will win, we will overcome, because God is on our side. Hold on to your vision and give glory to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Fulmerans. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God.